Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at... Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. Marcus is on coffee and baseball hat because it's past his bedtime right now. And uh, he's showing me football cards. And the football card universe is so screwed up. Like all the diamond hologram weird looking cards are worth money. And the super cool looking cards that look like tickets with like real game action shots worth nothing. It's uh, it's bizarro. So welcome to the card industry. Yeah, so you showed me a really awesome looking card called a uh, was a Panini contender Correct. of of Patrick Mahomes. Um, we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes today because you posed this question to me, and it's an interesting off season topic. And that is, has Patrick Mahomes ruined the quarterback position basically for, I guess, the teams, the other thirty one teams and their personnel departments, but the sport in general. Um, I think this is a good question. I do. I think there's a lot of different angles here. And I think the way that he's ruined the quarterback position for me, Elliot, is that we really can't have conversations about any other quarterback in the league without saying, well, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? Like it's just, if you're not Mahomes, it's like, what does it matter? And that even goes to, you know, guys that we think are really good, like uh, Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert or Josh Allen, like guys that are, you know, somewhere inside the Mm -hmm. top 12 quarterbacks Mm -hmm. it's hey, well, how far can you get, you know, with that quarterback? Because ultimately he's not Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's kind of unfair, but it's not like it's something we haven't seen previously in the NFL. Yeah. And I I totally understand this. And I think, you know, there's a lot of parts to this. I mean, the, the first part is, you know, I guess people will point to Patrick Mahomes arm. It seems like the guy has a rubber band arm. It's a little bit unique. It's it's kind of Brett Farvish. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of someone that threw the ball kind of like him. There have been a lot of quarterbacks with really strong arms, but I think it starts with his arm, and then it goes to his being able to make off-schedule plays with his mobility, which I actually think that's the bigger piece. But when Patrick Mahomes first became a starter, most of the talk was about his arm. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, because it's just he was instantly, you know, one of the biggest, most athletic, and strongest arm quarterbacks that we had in the league. But to me, the arm is obviously part of it. But I would say there's quarterbacks in the league that have a stronger or similar arm talent as Mahomes, right? Like Josh Allen. Would you say Josh Allen has similar talent in terms of arm strength? Similar. I, I don't know if I've seen any quarterback make the throw that Mahomes two of Mahomes' throws. One was about 75 yards uh, to Tyreek Hill against Atlanta in the preseason. 
a few years ago. I don't know if you saw that play because it was a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other was on the run across his body to Tyreek Hill again against Baltimore. And that game is more known for a no-look pass that he threw to Tyreek yep. Hill. But he threw one in that game where he had to heave it across his body, and he threw it right in stride, and they beat the Ravens. But we've crazy. seen, like, Justin Herbert throw 50-yard, you know, just dots with, you know, busted-up ribs. Like, there are quarterbacks in the league that have comparable arms to Mahomes. I think the difference for me is none of those other quarterbacks are playing with somebody like Andy Reid, who can just design all these layup throws in mismatches yeah. and gets him in rhythm early in games and putting him in great positions. You look at the other quarterbacks in the league that are like Mahomes, Josh Allen lost Brian Dable, not quite the same. Justin Herbert was playing with Joe Lombardi, who's obviously not the same. Joe Burrow, not physically as gifted as Mahomes, but he's playing with Zach Taylor, who I like a lot, but he's not Andy Reid. I think it's a combination of those two is what makes this conversation kind of hard to have when comparing him to other quarterbacks. Well, with if you're talking about the best throw, by the way, I, I, I need to say Justin Herbert's throw with those busted up ribs against Kansas City to Josh Palmer is probably the best throw I've seen in the NFL since Manning to Manningham. It's it's up there. That throw was insane. It was on a Thursday night game that nobody really cared about. And <laughs> yeah, but I know what you're saying. Uh, just wanted to clean that up a little bit. Okay. Uh, I I think with Mahomes, though, more than the Andy Reid factor, um, it's being able to make off-schedule plays outside of the pocket, uh, moving the launch point, so to speak, either artificially um, or spontaneously. In other words, Andy Reid designing a play to move him off the launch point artificially or Patrick Mahomes just buying time. He loves to just kind of shimmy out to his right and make a throw. Um, But I think with Mahomes, the difference is, he can do all this and make other people look slow, even though he's not running fast, which yes. is a weird ability. And it, and it goes to people, him being smooth and people not quite knowing what is coming next. Uh, remember to Russell Wilson earlier in his career. And then the other thing is he can do all this, the off schedule throw without panicking. Exactly. Sometimes Josh Allen panics and forces one. I'm thinking of Brett Favre against the Saints in the 09 championship game. Get out of the pocket, feel like I got to make a play now, and then throw one to, I think Tracy Porter picked that mm-hmm. one. Um, Mahomes just doesn't seem to give you the panic play very often. And if he does, you better catch it. He's one of the few quarterbacks that plays, I think, better outside of structure than in it. Yeah. Right? Like when things yeah. start to get wild, for whatever reason, he slows down and he just sees the field better. And it's, I mean, there's a million reasons why he's the best quarterback in the league right now, but I think that's near the top. That's part of the reason we're having the Mahomes conversation. But the real reason I wanted to talk about him today is how he's affected roster building, right? I look at the 49ers who are a great example, right? They play the, the chiefs in the 2019 Super Bowl, which 49ers very easily could have won that one. This was the first mm-hmm. uh, Mahomes Super Bowl. Should have won it. Should have won it. And I think, I don't know when it happened, but I think the 49ers front office came to the conclusion like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good quarterback. But if we want to be able to beat the Chiefs and compete with teams like that, we've got to have something extra. We've got to have a quarterback that can threaten teams with his arm and the, his legs. 
And I think that's the way the entire NFL is viewing the quarterback position now is if you, if you're just a passer, you kind of get knocked. Right. And then on top of that, it feels like, Hey, if we're going to draft a quarterback, there's no room to be like the 11th best quarterback in the league. We either want you to be number one or number two or flame out pretty quickly. So we can find that next guy that can go toe to toe with Mahomes. And I think we're seeing that with the way teams are drafting and developing quarterbacks now. Well, the interesting thing about that uh, is, and there's two things about Mahomes' game that I still haven't really figured out, and I don't know that anybody has. Number one, being able to make those plays and making uh, personnel evaluators think about the quarterback that they're taking differently is how he's able to make some of the running plays that he does. I was shocked when you told me he ran a what was it a four eight four like four eight four four eight six something. In I range. was stunned. I, I'm so if I you know I like to give you specific plays that I remember. 2019 divisional playoffs. They play Houston. They're down 24 nothing. They come back, and he had a run in that game that was ridiculous. It Broke was like ridiculous. three tackles. Got into yes. the end zone at the end. I remember. Yep. And he makes guys look like they don't know what they're doing. And that reminds me of Deion Sanders. Deion sometimes did not look like he was running that fast because he wasn't, you know, it wasn't, he hadn't turned on the jets yet. Yet people were so confused by what he was going to do next because the way he carried the ball, there's something about the way Patrick Mahomes upper body moves and his lower body is like Fred Flintstone in the car. And you really can't read. Yeah where he's going it's like his upper body says left and his lower body starts moving right then he carries the ball in this weird kind of LaShawn McCoy but out in front you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about when he holds the ball out there and I think it's just hard for defenders to know plus let's be honest defenders are a little bit leery to hit the guy because they're going to get flagged um that's hey sorry everybody I'm not apologizing that's uh well I just did I said sorry everybody but I shouldn't apologize that's the NFL these days the second part of this is something that that doesn't go to personnel, just as a viewer, pure viewer. He reminds me of Jerry Rice because Jerry Rice, I never understood how everything looked so easy. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch a Jerry Rice highlight video, it's not Randy Moss dr- jumping between three guys. It's not, I don't know, Terrell Owens stiff arming somebody because he's so big. Jerry Rice just runs and he catches the ball. And he keeps running, and that towel is perfect. The gloves don't move. He's got the perfect wristbands. The dude, everything looks simple. There's, You'll never see a diving Jerry Rice catch. You'll never see a Jerry Rice high-pointing the ball over a defender catch. It's just like he beat them all on the route, and it's almost boring. Do you know what I mean? I do, which reminds me, we need to have a conversation about Jerry Rice's season where he played 12 games. And caught 22 touchdowns and somehow didn't win the MVP. So let's just yeah. and scored just another. That. He had 23 that year. Yeah, let's table that for a different time because I, I yeah. we need to do a little oral history of that year. Yeah. But uh, I agree. There are some players that just make it look so easy, right? And you know it's like it shouldn't be that easy. And I think Mahomes is one of them. It's just he makes the right read on nearly every play. Yes. He makes some of these, you know, sidearm throws just look so routine and they shouldn't be like there's only a couple players in the league that can execute them like he does yeah you know like when barry sanders would run you could see why guys were missing you could see it on the field that wiggle that was just like holy cow how are you going to tackle that 
But then when you watch someone like Chris Johnson in his prime and he was averaging like five and a half a carry and you're like, what, what is he doing exactly? exactly. And it was yep. because he was going so fast effortlessly. But, yes. But Patrick Mahomes isn't going that fast. I just scream in your ear. I saw you put your head, your no, hand in your, okay, we're good. Um, you know, so I, 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 it confuses me. It vexes me. I'm terribly vexed. Uh, I, I don't know how he does it. So- so what do you think about the idea of he's changed the way that teams have to, you know, think about the quarterback position? Because I think I'll give you an example. I think the Minnesota Vikings have a really good quarterback in Kirk Cousins. But I wonder if Cousins has another one of these years with 34 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 4,600 passing yards, and the Vikings lose in round two. If they're not just going to move on from him in free agency this year, not give him a contract extension because – yeah, he might be the 10th best quarterback in the league, but ultimately that's not good enough. But if you look in the, you know, I don't want to say the entire history of the NFL, but even over the last 15 years or so, we've had plenty of quarterbacks win Super Bowls or get to Super Bowls that have been in that range. I just wonder anymore if that's not going to be really a thing. Like if you need to have a top five or top six quarterback to even advance to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up Kirk Cousins. So first of all, you we've already answered your question. He's going to win the MVP this year. I think that is well established. What so, if he wins the uh, MVP and the Vikings still move on? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe they could franchise him three years in a row. I, I, I think his it, contract makes it so they can't even franchise him now. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned it because I think, first of all, I, I totally see your point. Um, I agree it it's almost like the Troy Aikman pocket passer of the nineties is just not even going to be considered as you don't even have the potential to be a top flight quarterback, unless, unless you're Joe Burrow right now, I think that's the, right. That's the only guy And the difference between Burrow and Aikman is Aikman didn't put up the numbers. Uh, Burrow did. I think we have to mention though, that the reason the Kirk cousins types in the nineties uh, or 80s or early 2000s even were so valuable is because quarterbacks were not as protected as they are now. We have to say that Patrick Mahomes could not make some of these off schedule plays if he was getting hit like they were in 1982. That's just a fact, you know, uh, yeah. that's not me being a hater on the new guys. It's just acknowledging a difference in the game. But the last thing, the last reason I'm glad you brought up the Vikings is because uh, in 1961, they drafted Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton's in the Hall of Fame. Fran Tarkenton was the first kind of modern era, Super Bowl era quarterback who moved around like this and made first scrambling plays. quarterback, right? Yes. Fran Tarkenton was like a hybrid of Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I've got his rushing numbers here, too. Uh, Fran Tarkenton's rushing numbers in an era when teams did not want their quarterback to run the ball. Literally, Fran Tarkenton's head coach was Norm Van Brocklin, who was a pocket passer, who had literally retired the year before Fran Tarkenton came to the league. Can you imagine that if a quarterback retired, like Tom Brady retired, and became a head coach the next year? That's what happened here. Mm -hmm. So this career pocket passer, who's like 35 years old, becomes the head coach of a 21-year-old who could run all over the place. Fran Tarkenton's first eight years in the league, Marcus, he ran for 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 6.3 yards per carry. That's pretty good in 14 game seasons, but because the league was so against that, it didn't matter. 
the difference I think now is I think because of certain coaches, teams are not so stoic in their thinking anymore. I feel like the NFL is more malleable. I give Chip Kelly and some other people like that credit. Um, I know Mm -hmm. people can make fun of Chip Kelly all they want, but these people that I call them disruptors that came in and disrupted uh, the way things were always done. The other reason is Fran Tarkenton started winning with the Vikings when you've seen all those NFL films and they made the Super Bowl all those times in the 70s. The 60s, Fran Tarkenton ran around all over the place, but they went like, you know, six and eight, five and nine. This is a guy making Fran Tarkenton Hall of Fame plays, but the Chiefs are going, what, 12 and five at the worst? Right at the yeah. at the worst every yeah, year. I, I don't think uh, they've I don't think they've won fewer than twelve games during during the Mahomes era. Right, right. So I I think from a historical standpoint, this is interesting as well because we have seen guys make plays off schedule all the way into the Hall of Fame, like Fran Tarkenton, but not change the way uh, scouts and personnel directors in those meeting rooms do business. And that's what you're talking about, right? You're basically talking about Brad Pitt sitting in the conference room, right? Saying, yeah. Well, what's the problem? You know, well, yeah, we, need well, a, we need a great franchise quarterback. No, what's the problem? Let, let's take Dak Prescott, right? Who we talk yeah. about a lot of this show and we debate where he ranks. I think you and I both agree. He's somewhere between the seventh to 12th best quarterback, like just yeah. in that range. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 30 years old. He's a pretty good pocket passer. I think he's going to put up, you know, really good numbers. The Cowboys have been one of the top scoring teams in the league over the last three or four years. But is it enough? And do you move off, let's call him the eighth best quarterback in the league, because you have to get a little bit more dynamic? Like it, you might sacrifice some consistency in some of the passing stuff, but do you have to get somebody who has the peaks and the ceiling to have like a really good three or four game stretch to get you to the Super Bowl? Because I kind of wonder like, our scouts just not going to value and our front office is not going to value consistency, but are they going to only value upside? Because I kind of think we saw that in the NFL draft this year with the, the Colts taking Anthony Richardson who started 12 games, didn't complete a high percentage of his passes, but he's six six two forty and runs in the four, four. So let's, let's make him a top five pick and give him the keys to our franchise. Well, you know, I think it depends on what organization we're talking about. I don't know that we can make a uh, paint with such a broad sweeping brush there at all. And the reason we can't paint with a broad sweeping brush is like, I think the Cowboys are perfectly fine going 11 and six every year. Uh, as much as I think Jerry would like to win a Super Bowl at some point, uh, and he feels like he's running out of time, maybe. Um, I know he really doesn't want to go back to the Chad Hutchinson, Quincy Carter, Anthony Wright, uh, Troy Aitman getting hurt days of going five and 11. You've got a good enough quarterback. You asked if you've got the eighth best quarterback, do you bail? I don't think a team like Dallas bails because they make too much money going 11 and six. Well, it, it just feels like if you have the eighth best quarterback now in the NFL compared to pick a year, even when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were at their peaks, they, I feel like the eighth best quarterback in 2011 gave you a much better chance of winning the Super Bowl. And maybe that just speaks to the strength of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. But, man, I, I just wonder, like, when will we see the next – when will we see the next qu- team without a top eight quarterback, a top ten quarterback win the Super Bowl? 
Maybe you could argue that was the Rams in 2021, even though Matt Stafford was close to that. But mm. I feel like it's going to be a while. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a while too. I mean, I obviously Nick Foles would be our last marker there, but it should be noted Nick Foles played out of his mind in that yeah. Super Bowl. Nick Foles had one of the best games a quarterback's ever had in the Super Bowl. And you could make the argument, the argument he had the best game a quarterback's ever had in a Super Bowl. Well, so it would probably take that kind of Herculean effort. And that's why if I was a team as, as great as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are, I would still be comfortable paying and playing people like Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott, because it's very possible they could just get really hot for a three or four game stretch and you win a Super Bowl. Like we've seen that happen with not only Nick Foles, but Joe Flacco in 2015. We've seen it with Eli Manning twice. Like those kind of runs happen. Um, so I'm not just giving up on good quarterbacks just to chase upside. It's hard to do though, isn't it? I mean, it is, you know, <laughs> um, you know, when you think about it, I mentioned the Brad Pitt analogy. I was talking about Moneyball. He's sitting there in the conference room with all the scouts. If you guys haven't seen that movie, go see it. It's a, it's really one of the best sports movies I've ever seen. And you remember that scene, Marcus, when he mm-hmm. goes, guys, what's the problem? And they're like, the problem is we're trying to, we need to replace Giambi, Isringhausen, mm-hmm. and Damon. He goes, no, what's the problem? And he redefines the problem is, you know, the A's have no, no bankroll whatsoever. Yeah. What did he say? There's like, 30 teams, there's there's 50 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I could just see that with any team talking about the Chiefs. What's the problem? Well, we need a franchise quarterback. No, what's the problem? The problem is we need a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and make the kind of off-schedule plays that keeps the defense off balance and always gives you a chance in the final minute. And there's just no one like that out there. And I think part of it, part of it is, what quarterback is out there that can make off schedule plays that has his arm and yeah. by arm, I don't mean throwing 80 yards on a line. I'm talking about throwing from any angle. For example, you mentioned Matt Stafford. I've seen Matt Stafford's got a rubber band arm. I mean, Matt yeah. Stafford in his prime had as good as arm as anybody. He could throw from literally any sidearm overhand out of the pocket. Not many quarterbacks can do that. Then the ability to make defenders look silly because of that Fred Flintstone thing he does when he runs. And I don't even know how you replicate. Do you even want a guy that looks like no, that? No. You know, um, one other thing I wanted to just circle back to Kirk Cousins real quick. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I know I've joked about gambling on him being MVP, but one thing that you could do to elevate Kirk Cousins over Matt Stafford or any of these other guys that you think are in you know, the 7 to 12 range is the fact that he lines up every single week. He does not miss starts. Patrick Mahomes doesn't miss starts. He doesn't miss games. And I think we have to mention that, that if you want a quarterback that can make off-schedule plays, I mean, Andrew Luck made some great off-schedule plays, but Andrew Luck had a really hard time staying on the field, and they did not do a great job uh, protecting him. I'm talking about from a GM front office standpoint. Kansas City has done a pretty good job. They lost two linemen this year. They picked one up from Jacksonville. We'll see how it works out. You seem to think it's going to be okay. I just think that is also worth mentioning the fact that Mahomes is out there each and every week. And we saw him have to play hurt sure. in this year's pro- postseason. I think you can get away winning a lot of games and potentially making a Super Bowl run with a quarterback in that 8-13 to 13 range if they are on a rookie contract. I think the problem with Kirk yeah. Cousins and even like someone like Dak Prescott is when you're paying that guy $40 million, 
and Patrick Mahomes is getting paid $45 million. That's just not enough money to build a superior team around no. Dak to overcome somebody like Mahomes, right? You need to get a quarterback either on a rookie deal or basically for nothing and then have so many weapons around that guy that it elevates the play. And I think that's what the 49ers were close to doing with Brock Purdy. But maybe even then, Brock Purdy wouldn't have been enough to to beat the 49ers or beat the Chiefs because they got smoked this year when they played each other. So thanks, Patrick Mahomes, for ruining the NFL. Yeah, you know, I was recently working on looking at the greatest players of all time, and I already have Patrick Mahomes in my top 100. He's already in my top 75, um, which is saying something, considering he's only been a starter in the league for five years. Um, It's hard to believe, but he's probably going to go down as a top five NFL player of all time. Uh, that That's where he's headed. I think if he retires today, he's all a famer. So maybe, oh, yeah. maybe in that way he already has kind of ruined the, ruined the uh, competitive balance on some level, but your final thoughts are on this. I'm just really curious to see how the NFL kind of treats this Patrick Mahomes problem over the next couple of years. Do we default to guys that have just the athletic ability, but just aren't finished products coming into the NFL? Do we see teams a little bit more hesitant? to pay quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, who just got big contracts this offseason? Or does Patrick Mahomes just dominate for the next five years and there's nothing anybody can do about it? I'm, I'm fascinated to see. In a world where Patrick Mahomes dominated, came I was trying to man. find my Patrick Mahomes cool card. Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen, while you're thinking about that and looking at your football cards, I want to remind everybody that you can listen to Marcus's Cowboys takes, non-Patrick Mahomes takes, but you know which quarterback he talks about a lot. You mentioned him a lot on this podcast. Uh, that's Locked On Cowboys. There's there's a Patrick Mahomes football. Actually, that one looks cool, but show the other one while I'm uh, bragging about your work. Marcus also uh, does the Dynasty football podcast uh, on Locked On and covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher. On Twitter, he's now taking forever to find the card that I asked him for. There it is. That is a beaut. That is a cool-looking card. Looks like a ticket. By the way, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys. Until next time. Uh, oh, by the way, thank you to the good folks at Bet Online. They sponsor this podcast. You always want to mention those people, right? Take mm-hmm. care, everybody.